Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Hi, this is Paul Peluso. I'm the editor of Officer Magazine, and I'm joined today by Frank Borelli, the uh, editorial director of Officer Media Group. And this is the Officer Roll Call Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And today we're going to talk a little about uh, Michigan State Police Precision Driving Units uh, Vehicle Evaluations uh, that was done in the fall and just is about the um, run in our November-December issue of Officer Magazine, uh, an article on that. Frank, how's it going today? Good morning. It's going well. It's going well. Great. Well, yeah, so basically... Michigan State Police runs these uh, annual vehicle evaluations each year since 1950. Uh, they've been testing patrol vehicles and they've become an internationally recognized resource for agencies purchasing new units uh, for their fleets. And basically they, they do um, the, the testing for the uh, dynamics. Their dynamics testing is performed at the Grand Raceway uh, in Belding, Michigan. And the acceleration and top speed testing is performed at Chrysler's uh, Chelsea Proving Grounds. And so, Frank, we've uh, we've covered this quite a bit for uh, Officer Magazine and also for uh, Law Enforcement Technology uh, when, when we had that magazine. And Michigan State Police has really become um, a leader. I know them and, you know, the LAPD do these testings. And what, what kind of uh, benefits do you think this offers police departments looking to buy uh, purchase new vehicles? Well, you know, Michigan State Police has been doing this a long time, and one of the biggest benefits is, is there's so many small agencies that can't, I mean, they have no way of testing all these vehicles, getting them all in, being able to go put them through the rigors of the testing that Michigan State Police does. So the reporting that Michigan State Police does, the feedback on all the vehicles, what's coming out new for next year, um, I mean, it's a huge benefit for the agencies that simply can't test their own. Um and it serves a lot of information doesn't get disseminated. So, and I know we're going to talk about this a little later. We're talking about pickup trucks um, and, and a new one that's out on the market in a police package. And how would law enforcement agencies know that if it wasn't brought to light during the testing period? So the, the thoroughness of the information, the thoroughness of the testing, and then the detail of the reporting, that's all benefit to uh to the to the law enforcement agencies that can't do it on their own and to the ones that can and then they use this either as verification or uh you know they have a secondary um set of data to go to their chief or whoever and say we need to buy these well i tested this and so did they and look it's been proven twice whatever the case may be that the sharing of information is the huge benefit yeah, and so you you know you talked about the the addition of uh, pickup trucks, and it was last year, um, kind of for the you know midway through they they added the uh, Ford F one fifty police uh, responder um, mm -hmm. to to the testing, and so Ford was uh, you know excited to get this pickup, it pursuit rated pickup uh, out there to be tested and uh, put on the market. And this year, the Chevrolet uh, GM um, added the Chevrolet Silverado and both the uh, Z71 uh, and um, Z7X mm -hmm. um, to, to the mix. And yeah, basically, they performed very well. Um, the, the Silverado performed pretty comparatively to the uh, responder in a lot of ways. And 
overall, um, when I, I spoke to um, Lieutenant um, Nicholas uh, Darlington, who actually took over uh, the program from Lieutenant Mike McCarthy, McCarthy who's mm-hmm. been there for years, um, he said that the, the braking on these vehicles is just kind of astounding. It, it's um, pretty great that the automobile manufacturers are able to you know, do things to these vehicles to be able to give them stopping power, um, especially for the pickup trucks, but also for those larger SUVs, um, you know, the Tahoes, the Durangos, um, also the Ford Police Interceptor. Um, all of these are, you know, breaking pretty well, and uh, it, it shows up in a, a lot of the tests, testing that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you can talk a little bit, Frank, about what you've seen from where we've gone, you know, the, the only holdover sedan holdover is the, uh, Dodge charger. Now, everything else that was submitted, uh, to these tests are either SUVs or pickup trucks. And, um, that's pretty crazy to think that five years ago, you had a lot of other, uh, the Chevy Caprice, um, you had the, um, well, yeah, the charger pursuit, you, you had, you had the interceptor sedan so yeah go ahead frank yeah you had those police package sedans right yes um i think my first one was a dodge diplomat uh way back in the 80s um but you had the nova you had the malibu uh you had the impala you had the caprice uh you had the diplomat and then there was another uh, variation of it and i can't remember what it was but uh you had the dodge uh, what was it? Wasn't the Charger? It was a Coronet or something similar. It was a police package with a 318 in it. And, and we've, you know, then you still had your specialty vehicles, right? You had like the guys that were in the state police uh, doing traffic enforcement in the big states with long flat roads like Arizona, you know, and they'd have their Trans Ams or their Corvettes. And those were police. They, they were using them for pursuit. Um, and at some point, uh, and I remember, I guess it was in the 80s, we had canine units using SUVs and pickup trucks. And then those found their ways, you know, the SUVs found its way into SWAT teams. And uh, in my local area, they started pricing it out, comparing SUVs to pickup trucks with caps on them and, and all the appropriate equipment. And they found out the pickup trucks were less uh, less costly. So, uh, you know, when you looked at storage space and transport space, and you still needed the back seat and so on and so forth, it just became more cost efficient to purchase a pickup truck and upfit it than it did to buy the SUV. And like you said, now we're in a, a time, uh, even if you go back to Ford, having the interceptors and the pursuit packages, uh, the, the sedan was the Taurus. And then you had a variation of the Explorer for the SUV. Uh, and now they don't even offer the Taurus as far as I know in a police package anymore. Um, there's just not enough room that when, when you get the cockpit of a vehicle, the internal space, a passenger compartment gets too small. You know, you have to use the next vehicle up. And uh, so I see a lot of agencies using uh, that Ford Explorer variation. Um, you see the Tahoe and the Suburban out there being used. Um, I'm waiting to see, uh, you know, Ford's released a, a new Bronco in two different sizes, a full-size Bronco and a sport Bronco. I'm wondering if they're ever going to make that full-size Bronco into a law enforcement package to try to compete with the Tahoe. Um, Dodge and their Durango, but, you know, sorry, I, and I digress there. The, the Dodge Charger being the only sedan left um, actually warms my heart 
I have a fondness for the Dodge Charger, and I look forward to hopefully them keeping it around as the only sedan, but they no longer have really competition from a police package in yeah. Malibu, Malibu, Taurus, any of that. Um, pickup trucks and SUVs are really seeming to be the wave of the future, which is radically different from where it was 40 years ago and probably unexpected if you were back then talking about what the future might hold. So along with the storage, because that that is the big thing, um, you know, I, I know uh, Lieutenant Darlington said that and he thinks a lot of it has to do with the amount of equipment that police agencies are being asked uh, to carry with them uh, these days. But along with that benefit, is there a benefit to be higher up when it comes to doing patrols than um, being lower down in a sedan? sedan? Well, you know, there is to some extent, because you, when you're a little bit higher up and you're passing a vehicle and you look down into the vehicle, obviously you can observe things that you can't. Uh, looking down into the window, um, being able to see farther ahead down the highway allows you a better response time and more uh, uh, more time to react um, to unexpected circumstances in front of you or to see simply where you're going for an accident or uh, a disabled vehicle. So that little bit of, of um, increase in height does play uh, a critical role in observation and, and simple visibility. Uh, the downside is with pursuits, the higher you are, the higher your center of gravity is, the, the less maneuverability you have. So it is a trade-off, but since we have so few pursuits going on these days and, and, and law enforcement in general moving away from vehicle pursuits, unless it's for a specific purpose and in a pursuit vehicle, I mean, it's safer to have a helicopter up, honestly. Um, I, I think the trade-off's well worth it, but yeah, there's a benefit to that increased height. Great. And so for the second year in a row, um, an, another trend that we, we've seen in the, the testing and uh, vehicles submitted um, was the um, Ford Mustang Mach-E, which is a, an electric vehicle. And so they submitted last year and they submitted one for testing this year. And it, it performed similarly to the one uh, that came in last year for acceleration, speed and braking uh, stats and um, performed pretty well. Uh, th this, you know, comes as both Ford and GM have announced future production of larger uh, patrol uh, EVs, the F-150 Lightning um, Pro SSV and the Chevy Blazer EV PPV um, were not submitted for testing this year. Um, but Lieutenant Darlington said that they do anticipate to have those vehicles and other electric vehicles being submitted um, in the future. And I, I know this is something we've spoke about before, Frank, uh, with electric vehicles. Um, but it is interesting that even with the electric, you're seeing larger electric vehicles, not necessarily like Teslas uh, come in, uh, smaller, you know, sedan style uh, vehicles. And so where do you think, uh, do you see that going? So I think, uh, and I've said this before, people that argue with me or tell me I'm yeah. wrong, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. It's a beautiful thing about our country. I see electric vehicles and law enforcement really being confined to specialty assignments uh, and not to downplay those roles, but like uh, true inner city patrol or parking enforcement um, or code enforcement or something like that. When it comes to uh, highway patrol, um, I'm not sure in the long run that the electric vehicles are going to be able to hold up with the uh, fossil fuel vehicles, with gasoline powered vehicles. Um, 
I, I think that we're going to find charge times become prohibitive. And honestly, uh, you know, politics drives so much policy and law enforcement. And, and there's still a huge political debate going on about the efficacy of, of electric vehicles and, and whether they're good or bad and how do they get their power and are we really doing it any good for the um, environment and blah, blah, blah. And, and law enforcement doesn't need to be in that debate, but we're going to be a victim of that debate, if you will. How electric vehicles end up in law enforcement is going to be a combination of politics and cost. Uh, ultimately, I think they're, like I said, they're going to, they're going to stay in some limited roles, but unless you can get an electric vehicle that can go an eight or 10 hour shift and recharge in an hour or two or less, there, there, you, you have to have more of those vehicles than you do uh, fossil fuel vehicles where you can have pool cars that go from first shift and then they, they fill the tank and they drop it off to second shift and they fill the tank and they drop it off to third shift. If those are electric vehicles and, and you have to have a, an hour or two or three or more of overlap for charge time, then you have to have more vehicles. So you, I think it, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I think they're here to stay. I don't think they're here in every capacity. I, I'm just, I don't think they're capable yet. Okay, great. And it's just to kind of close this out. If everybody, you know, after you listen to this podcast, feel free to go to our website, check out the magazine and check out um, the, the section on the vehicle uh, testing results. And, um, and, you know, we'll have a link in there into all, all the results from uh, these. We won't go through them one by one, but most of these are holdover uh, vehicles besides for the uh Silverado mo models and um, there was a couple motorcycles submitted as well and those were you know models that they have um, they have tested in the past as well um, but yeah like we said that the big things were the trends this year with seeing the bigger vehicles and um, uh, not necessarily new electric vehicles but down the line how there there might be new ones submitted and mm -hmm. uh, Ford keeps submitting the Mach-E uh, which is interesting as uh, more departments start uh, lo looking at that model. And uh, I guess to close it out, Frank, is there anything you want to add, talk about, or kind of talk about the the evolution of these vehicles a little bit more? You know, I really, I look at, I look back at law enforcement vehicles as I've experienced them. And uh, in the military, it, it was just a utility vehicle. So we had pickup trucks, we had Dodge darts, the old boxy ones that were superiorly ugly vehicles, in my opinion. Um, and, and then, you know, I got to civilian law enforcement world and had the Dodge Diplomat, Caprices. Uh, we moved through Impalas and, and the, the Crown Victoria, uh, the Ford Crown Victoria, a true classic um, law enforcement patrol vehicle. Uh, you know, it's a shame when they went, they were, they were discontinued, that full-size Crown Vic. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're going to see an effort across the board for vehicles to be more environmentally friendly, whether that means better fuel efficiency or electric vehicles, we're going to see more and more stuff have to be carried in them. So, you know, we're going to have to stay with SUVs and pickup trucks and the amount of equipment that officers have to carry on their person isn't going down anytime soon. It might, it might get a little bit smaller. Miniaturization of, miniaturization of technology is a wonderful thing but we're still going to have to carry all that stuff and we have to be able to sit comfortable in the vehicles. So uh, I think that we, we're finding a maximum limit of efficiency versus comfort and convenience. 
but I think the next five or 10 years are going to hold some really interesting um, developments. I look forward to seeing what they bring. And I do too, Frank. And um, yeah, I just like to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of the officer roll call podcast. And as always, if you have any questions, uh, ideas, anything you'd like to submit to us, you can reach us at editors at officer.com. That's editors at officer.com. And uh, anything else you'd like to add, Frank? I want everybody to stay safe while they patrol. Enjoy the holiday season. Yes, indeed. Uh, Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.